Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Eileen Kane Haley is a parenting coach and a teenage expert, an absolute genius when it comes to controlling your children and communicating with your kids. Where have you been all my life? Uh, Eileen, good morning. How are you doing? Hi, great. I'm not sure my kids would agree with you there, but anyway. <laughs> well, listen, it's, it's what it says on the tin, so we have to go with it here. We have to, we have to stick with how they yeah. sell you. Um, well, listen, you know, you know, children and teenagers inside out. As uh, as a, I suppose, a parenting expert and teen coach, um, tell tell us a little bit about how this all started for you. Um, well, I suppose initially I had my hand in about ten different pies of all different kinds of work and jobs. And one of them was initially workshops with kids and the mind side of it really got to me, the way that I suppose the way kids think, the way they're trained to think, social media's impact on their mind and the lack of real information as to how everything, especially social media, can affect the way our kids are growing up and the way they look at themselves and believe in themselves. Mm. So, you know, I suppose I was a life coach initially at one point as well. And I kind of figured a lot of the stuff I was working with with adults was things that came up when they were younger. Yeah. And wasn't dealt with initially. I'm a massive belief in prevention and giving young people the tools and the knowledge to kind of be the best they can be in a world that really doesn't allow that a lot of the time. Yeah. So I just decided to go back and now I work with eight to eighteen um in a mentoring capacity. So it's kind of the in between man, I suppose. You're hoping that you can kind of alleviate some of the problems that they are going through at a young age so that they don't end up needing more help at a later stage in life. Um, parenting has changed obviously and it changes it changes but it stays the same obviously certain parenting techniques have changed and then you know but there's always the same things that parents of every generation encounter it was Elvis Presley's hips and (laughs) then it was and then it was Marilyn Manson and now it's TikTok and whatever it is but the same problems recur with every generation and it it just changes its shape but for this generation of young people, and I know with parenting, a lot of it is down to the actual parents, not the kids, if you've ever watched Super Nanny or any of those shows. Yeah. Um, but what do you think are the two biggest detriments to both uh, uh, kids growing up and also to parenting now? So like, what, well, are, what are the two biggest challenges or two biggest things that you think are the biggest detriments? I think communication and trust really are massively important because if communication breaks down at any level... Um, we're, we're both stuck. Mm-hmm. You know, the parents mm-hmm. are stuck because they don't know what's going on with the kids. The kids are stuck because they can't be honest with the parents. And I know it's difficult. Look, I have four kids myself. We've been there, gone through it, you know, wearing the T-shirt. And it is difficult. But we have to remember as parents, I suppose, that it's difficult being a, kid, a teenager too. 
You know, yeah. they're going through stages of their life where they're just trying to get to know themselves. They're trying to find their way in the world. They're trying to push their boundaries a bit. And that's all normal behavior. And we can't presume that our kids aren't going to mess up and they're not going to make mistakes and they're not going to take chances. Like, I hope they do. I mean, that is part of life. Uh, it's not saying we don't have boundaries in place to counteract any real difficulties they may encounter, but they need that little bit of leeway and that little bit of trust to allow them to find themselves as well. You know, we ca- they're not a part of us. They are an individual. And that's, I think, a really important thing for us all to remember is our kids are given to us for a period of time, but they are individuals. They are themselves. And I know in my experience, certainly my kids, you know, have gone down roads that I never expected them to go down. And, I, you know, they're, so far things are going well and they're happy, but it wasn't without struggles. Yeah. The, the- and, there's all different types of parenting um, and you know like there's the you know authoritarian kind of parent there's the um, I'm your best friend or people think we're sisters kind of parent the helicopter parents yeah, yeah. Or, and also the completely apathetic distant kind of parent of you know just leave them off to their own devices like latchkey kids kind of thing which yeah. do you think is the most toxic or damaging of those types oh, well, of parenting? All, all of those are damaging I mean, there's no question about it mm. I mean no, not one is going to fit all anyway I mean in four of my kids I probably have to parent them all different ways mm-hmm. but I think a th- being too dogmatic with your kids for God's sake you're wiring them up and they will blow you know at some point they will explode you we cannot hold too tightly onto them um, I think letting them off with no boundaries is just an absolute non-runner. I mean, nobody, not even us, can survive without boundaries in our lives. But those boundaries just need to be realistic and they need to change as the kids grow older and the teens grow older. Yeah. You know, and whether the older family members or the parents at the gate waffle on about their perfect child, you know, I just say to parents, stop listening. You know your child better than anybody. If you want to give them that bit of scope because you know you can trust them, then give it to them and sit them down and let them know that that's why you're doing it. I think you rarely come across kids who are who know that they're trusted and they've a pretty open, as much as a natural, uh, relationship with their parents. They're very rarely likely to break that trust, really. It's the kids who are tied so tight or who know their parents think the worst. They're the ones who are going to push it. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's- that's a very normal thing. Here's the thing, Eileen, that that freaks me out as a dad of a preteen is, you know, do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing? I, I know, like, kids are growing up these, these days as digital children. You know, everything, their lives are online. Their existence is online. They're, they're relying, the reliance on devices uh, terrifies me. It really does. Um, and particularly the access the over-access to information and availability to anything that they want to find out about is just literally a button away. Um, and how do you, you know, it's like how do, how do you balance that protection with them? Well, I think you have to educate them, you know. I mean, I've been battling this one with regards to the Department of Education and Health. It's beyond me how they haven't come together and come up with something that's real. I know they've improved in primary, but secondary schools, I worked with over 350 kids just before Christmas. I mean, the lack of knowledge of what social media can do to them is just harrowing. Mm. I'm not talking about bullying. That's all we hear. But well, what about the lack of happiness because they've given up their, you know, their interests and their hobbies because their head is glued to a phone or the amount of regret that I come across with exam year students who know, you know, that they're not going to get their course because their head is stuck in their phone while they're studying. It's the basic everyday stuff, but it's not being taught to them. And it, it has to be taught to them. I mean, it has to change, but in a real way. There's no point, I think, in speaking down to kids and being the lecturer and telling them you have to do blah, blah, blah. It needs to be a very realistic. And I think if it was a school thing, whether it's me or whether it's students who've gone through those schools, coming back in and explaining what happened then 
and you know the effects it had on them and what they would have done differently that's the kind of stories kids will listen to it's not being dogmatic and talking down to them because the kids are looking at some of these people going you haven't a clue what you're talking about Mm. there's a flip side to that as well though because I think everybody expects the, everybody expects the next generation to behave the way that they did and say, no, we did it right. We watched five hours of television a day or six hours of television mm, and we had no, and we only had Snake and mm. we used to text each other and you only had 10 euros credit. But you're living in a world now where that if your kid wants to find out how did Napoleon die, they just have to type it in and they have the answer yeah. immediately. They're, li- they're living at a much higher rate than us, than what we did. They, they, I never learned long division and I struggled yeah. for years. Now all I have to do is go into my phone and divide anything by anything. So Absolutely. it's like they, they've also been given a tool rather than... Because everyone sees a screen as being the, the poison. It's the new Marilyn Manson. It's the new Elvis's hips. Whereas actually what they've been given is a tool. It's up to the parents to let them know this is the positives of it and these are the, the, you know, the negatives. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, there's huge positives. Huge positives. Mm-hmm. I mean, socially, interactively, we you know family living abroad, educationally. My God, it's endless. Or for the creative kids who maybe are the kids who are out of the box they can, you know, zone in and get involved in stuff online that they will never get a chance to do face-to-face wherever they are. But again, like, yes, parents have a role to a certain age, but I do think we do need to step up that role when it comes to teens and late teens, that they do need to get a bit of a reality check from people that they will listen to. I'm not saying they don't listen to us, Mm -hmm. but, you know, they kind of listen to us. And it does go in, and uh, don't get me wrong, now parents out there, 100% 100% it goes in. They might look at you as if you've grown horns and they might look at you as if they're about to nod off. It does go in. But to get it then reinstated again by somebody that maybe they might look up to or they might have a respect for of their own age group or a couple of years older than them, that has another impact again then because they need to see the real stories. And there are billions of them out there of kids who have realised too late that the overusage of social media can impact on their life massively. And I think if you speak to the 20 to 25, there is a huge amount of isolation and loneliness and sadness in that age group. And when you look and ask them, what do you do that makes you happy? I very often will get a blank face. And, you know, I'll say, well, what used to do that used to make you happy maybe at 14, 15, 16? And then they might list off a couple of things. But then when I say, well, I don't do it anymore, I don't have time. Mm. And I say, really? Look at your screen. You can spend six hours a day on that, but yeah. you can't give yourself a half an hour to do something to feed. I call it feed your soul. Like that little place of you that you know you're passionate about or makes you happy or just takes you out of the space. And that's an area that's a huge concern to me because I see it daily with the amount of kids who really are isolating themselves and are knocking that level of happiness out of their lives. Mm. And commu- communication for kids as well is very difficult. They they know how to communicate. They know how to put up a video to attract you know fifty thousand views, and they know how to perform uh, on these platforms. But mm-hmm. like one on one conversation and interaction then becomes hugely problematic for them. Massively so, and that is a huge issue. And when it comes to friendship issues, you know, for any parents listening today, like that teenage age group, actually right up from the age of probably seven, eight, nine, when something goes wrong with the friendship their world can fall apart. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it absolutely crumbles in front of them. We have to try and remember what those feelings were like. We've all been there, most of us anyway. You know, a lot of those issues are the same issues. And we have to try and remember what were the big things for us, what really hurt us, what affected us. And and our kids are going to go through a lot of the same stuff. And the communication thing, because the online and the texting and the messaging, the miscommunication is horrific. And it causes so much trouble and so many arguments that it is a huge issue with the kids, you know, both both male and female, but 
higher quantity of female, definitely. Um, face-to-face communication is a massive issue. But again, look, let's look at our education system. And I'm not getting at the teachers because they're following a curriculum. And in fairness, it's been a tough couple of years. But I am looking at the department. And in all fairness, it's archaic. Mm, yeah. You know, nothing's been changed. Like, we should have a lot more conversation in the classroom where kids have to have opinions and things and have to talk things out because it's the only way they're going to actually get to speak because otherwise this isn't happening. And again, on the social media side of stuff, teaching them, you know, the, the pros and the cons, because there's buckets of pros here in social media. I never go into a classroom saying, your phone is a disaster, blah, blah, blah. But I will say, overusage is going to impact on you this way, this way. The excess information, porn. Porn is having a massive imp- impact on all of our kids, mm. our teens. Yeah. And higher. The lack of respect, the lack of expectation, are there too much expectation? Uh, kids putting a value on themselves like all this stuff has to be ironed out it's not old it's not new news this is going on 15 years yeah you know we're very late in the game to be i think we've really let down a whole generation plus of kids by not actually being real about what's going on and giving two sides of the story because there is as i said the positive and the negative there's no point to get into a class of teens going negative 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 so they're just going to switch off yeah, i mean Billie eilish came out and said that her her already exposure to pornography uh, destroyed her, yeah, d- yeah, completely, completely threw her off her her developmentally, or you know, her her well, most kind of crucial development ages. I spoke to a group of probably 180 mixed, split up now, um, 14, 15 year olds before Christmas. It didn't enter 80 percent of their heads that porn was having an effect on them until we spoke about it. Mm. I mean, that's just insane. Yeah, it's gone from the woods to your pocket. Yeah. Why is it people talking about it? Yeah. You know? Well, I'd say it's still in the woods, but anyway. Um, <laughs> Can you give me an address I, of that woods, please? <laughs> yeah. And you see, the other side of that then is there, there's expectation on kids who have no intention of behaving in a certain way and don't want to and are maybe pressurised. So these conversations have to happen. And I think it's really important that all of our teens, late teens, have somebody that they can pick up a phone to. Yep. So if somebody ends up in the woods or in the field or in the bush or wherever they are, having a few drinks or smoking a bit of weed or doing something with some girl or fellow, whoever it is, they need to have someone that they can pick up a phone to because that's the world they're in. If they don't, I have come across so many who are left at the side of the road on their own, their friends leave them mm-hmm. and they are in serious trouble. You know, there's, there's serious stuff happening. And I know I do want to harp on the scaremongering because to be fair the ki- most of the kids can be trusted and in fairness to them they're fantastic in my experience but some of them as part of growing up will get themselves in trouble will push the boundary a little bit might feel a bit weak and go with the peer pressure but that is part of growing up but if we're not going to be their safeguard or we don't put someone in place whether it's an aunt or an uncle or a cousin that they have a number in their phone that they can make that call then we're failing them Mm. Yeah. So let's start 2022 by communicating as much as possible with our kids. Absolutely. That is, that is your and message. And can I just say whether that's talking, texting, writing, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Just keep those lines, but don't overdo it because it drives them insane. Okay. Let I, them off. Eileen, um, superb wisdom. Thank you for your time and uh, have, a, have a happy new year. Take Thank it easy. You. Take care. Courts 96FM. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.